Discover, engage, elevate, artifacts with Joshua on Alola FM podcast. The sound of Arabia. We have with us in the studio today, Mr. Jan Friedman. And you, Mr. Jan Friedman, are... I'm the geologist for the Royal Commission for Luna. The geologist. The geologist. The one and only geologist. The only geologist. Awesome. So, Jan, tell me, what is geology? So, geology is a study of rocks. So, and it's looking at the rocks to work out the history of our planet. And actually, Lula is a really incredible space for geology because we have such a variety of rocks here. We have igneous, metamorphic, and sedimentary. So, all three rock types, which is incredible for one location. And what's even more incredible is that all of these rocks, all of this landscape that we see around us is a witness to almost a billion years of Earth's history. So we can piece together parts of our planet's past by looking at the rocks. So what I'm understanding from you is geology is not only just the study of simply rocks, it's kind of like the study of the Earth as a physical entity. Yeah, so the Earth is a constantly changing sphere. It's made up by different plates, so different segments. They're moving around all the time about the speed your fingernails grow each year. So that's how much mm. these segments move. And they crash into each other, they spread apart, They some of them go underneath the other ones. It's a really dynamic planet, and geology is looking at how the Earth has formed Four billion years ago to present day. So what we see today is only a snapshot of the past, the whole planet. It's very hard for us humans to grasp that kind of very slow, grand movement. But I guess part of your job is explaining to us how all this really works. And so could you explain, what would you say that you are studying specifically here in Atlanta? That's a very good question because... We see the planet now, so we think the landscape around us, this is how it's been for millions of years, hundreds of millions of years, but actually it's changed. So Alula, 500 million years ago, was never actually here. All this landscape was never there. 500 million years ago, Alula was close to where the southern tip of Brazil is today. So we have moved slowly over the planet westward, And what I'm particularly interested in is the stories that the rocks can tell us. So all the big sandstone outcrops like you see at Hegros, beautiful outcrops, beautiful tombs, incredible carvings of the tombs, they were all formed by rivers about 500 million years ago, huge rivers stretching over 100 kilometers wide. And you can see this in the rocks, you can see cross bedding, you can see large pebbles, really big, powerful rivers. And I'm also hunting for fossils. So we don't have any fossils yet in the sandstones, but we do have tracks. So we have the footprints of an extinct marine creature called a trilobite. And you can see the tiny little footprints, tiny little tracks on the rock that go in grooves, a little fish bones going across the rock. For my listeners, Jan showed me this reddish-brownish rock that on the surface of this rock, you can see kind of 
lines that do resemble fish bones. But those lines are not actually fish bones. They are... They're not fish bones. They are actually the footprints of this extinct animal. So as it moved in the sediment, it kicked the sediment up and left little grooves. Wow. And what time period is this evidence of? So these are the tracks of trilobites that scurried across like a shallow beach, a warm shallow beach about 485 million years ago in North Alula. Alula was much further east, closer to Brazil, at the edge of an ancient continent, and it was shallow tropical seas. But just for clarification, we're talking about an, a, a time when Alula hasn't necessarily formed into today's Arabia. You're saying that it was near where Brazil is today. Yes. You're saying those rivers are also from yeah. a time when an Ola hasn't formed into Arabia. It's still over there in Brazil. Yes. Wow. So all of this, all of these rivers and these shadow seas deposited lots and lots of sediment. And all of that sediment was buried deep below where it was crushed and heated and compressed, pressed, all these powerful adjectives. <laughs> and then it lay buried for over 400 million years. So what brought you to the study of geology, Jan? What made you want to become a geologist? Like, were you always passionate about rocks? When I was little, I used to watch movies about dinosaurs. And I wanted to understand more about the history of our planet and how we as humans fit into it and use the planet. So Aluna's a really wonderful place for that very reason, actually, because humans have used this landscape for over 200,000 years. And they've traveled through, they've even set up civilizations here, all because of the geology. So without the geology, humans wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be in Aluna today because the landscape has created security for those early civilizations. It's also created the valleys and underneath the valley, this is why Aluna is so special, because underneath the valley is a huge aquifer mm-hmm. where natural water springs are erupting. And water, as we all know, we need it every single day. It's so precious for life. So that actually answered my follow-up question. When we're back, we'll be talking about what impacts geology has on civilizations. Artifact with Joshua on the Orla FM podcast. The Sound of Arabia. And we're back with Jan, the geologist for the Royal Commission for Lola. Jan, what is the impact of geology on humans, their civilizations, and their cultures? And you answered that, essentially. But what is it about rocks? People think, oh, it's just a rock. Whereas actually, every rock, even all the sandstone we see around us, can tell so many different stories. So you can see cross-bedding from enormous rivers, we can see ripple marks in the sandstone from ancient beaches. We can find footprints of animals that lived here over 400 million years ago. And all of these things we can piece together to build up an amazing history of how Lula came to be. So they're essentially like, they're like photographs of the Earth's history. Like the, these rocks are essentially telling us the stories through yeah, their composition. So uh, the rocks, it's always like pages in a book. So lots of the pages are missing because of erosion millions, hundreds of millions of years ago. But we can start to put the pages together, link Hecra with Petra, similar rock types, similar environment 500 million years ago, and we can start to piece together history, not just Alula, but how Alula fit 
in the whole planet, which is quite incredible. Very fascinating. Very fascinating. Let's go back to humans and geology. Can you go into a little bit more detail about what impact geology in general has on humans? A lot of people don't realize that a lot of our raw materials are based on geology. A lot of our energy consumption is based on geology. But what are some of the hidden impacts, like the ones that we don't ever usually realize? Probably one that we don't even think about is water here. So underneath the lunar, as I said earlier, there's a huge aquifer which runs all through underneath Arabia. And towards the east, it goes out to Red Sea. Towards the west, it goes out to the Gulf. And the lunar is really special because it's slightly higher and it's just at the point where the aquifer, this underground river, is going from east to west. And it just lies in the right place where it reaches land. And without that, we wouldn't have had the Nabataeans building their city. You're telling me we don't have any rivers in Saudi Arabia, but you're telling me under all of Arabia, there's an underground river. A giant underground river. <laughs> so under us right now, there's like a gushing river. How many meters deep? So all of this gushing river, as lastly described, is in between the tidy grains and sandstone buried below. So it's not how we imagine a gushing river. Okay. It's flowing through the holes okay. in the sandstone. So when we're back... We're going to ask Jan about his perspective on the unique benefits of Al-Ula's geology. Artifact with Joshua on Al-Ula FM podcast. The sound of Arabia. And we're back with Jan. We, we talked a little bit about this before, but what limitations or advantages can be credited to a region's particular geology? And if you could give us a comparison, that would be great. So Al-Ula... It's really interesting. So Lula is about the size of Belgium. It's quite a large area. And within that area, there's a real diversity of rock types. It's a really diverse landscape because of the rock types. So in the south, we have those igneous rocks made from the hot molten lava or magma. And the metamorphic rocks, those ones that have been squashed. And in the north, we have lovely sandstones that have been made up from rivers and shallow seas. So and these crates either jagged mountains or beautiful sandy plains. And because of that, we have different environments. So Alula is quite special as well because nearly 80% of it is nature reserved. And those nature reserves are unique because of the rock type. So the different rock landforms or formations create different environments. So we have desert type environments, sandy deserts in the north, and then jagged mountains in the south. We also have volcanoes. Anything active? No. So the volcanoes is formed by basalt. So when the lava erupted, it spread across over 200 square kilometers. Really hard rock. It protected all the rock underneath, the sandstones underneath. And we have this middle of the Herat. We have dozens of volcanoes. And they erupted about 10 million years ago and stopped erupting half a million years ago. So you're safe. So what advantages are they giving the, to, to the region, to the people in this region. So you're telling me that all of the these geological formations might have been easier to protect from invaders, for instance. But what other advantages? Like, is there an agricultural advantage? Is there an environmental? Does it keep the place cooler? Does it keep it hotter? Does it make it more ideal for XYZ activity? It's a good question. 
So I talked about the wildlife and how geodiversity, those different rock types, creates biodiversity, which is quite nice. But for humans, you can get lots of uses. So we have the valleys, which are formed by the geology. So the valleys are formed from huge faults or cracks in the rock, and then slowly they're eroded. And those create slightly cooler environments rather than the top of the mountains. But also you can get pigments from rocks. So if we grind down, don't grind down this because this is by fossil tracks. <laughs> if we were to grind down some rocks and then we can put it in water and we see it settle, slowly keep grinding it down, and then we get paste from the tiny particulates that make up the rock and you can use that paste as paint. Which so is- you're telling me there's geology has so many applications for humans, even in art. There's implications. So you could tell... Let's say, theoretically, if we found some art in the middle of nowhere, by looking at some of the pigments in this art, we could deduct that the pigment was or it derives from an area that had this type of geology. So you could say what rock it came from. There you go. I know. Amazing. That is really, I would have never thought that you're going into like pigments and into landscapes and what type of inspiration people get and what kind of colors are at their disposal for their artistic communication. It's quite cool. It is. Cool. Geology is cool. Yeah, geology is culturally relevant. Very. I do think that as well as being culturally relevant, it's also relevant for our well wellness and our well-being because the landscape, especially the Lula, is so stunning and we are such a curious animal. We live, we want, we seek beautiful places where there are no no other humans just to soak in the beauty but we also seek to understand it and that's part of what we're doing here talking about how these landscapes formed i think there's a beauty in discovering more about how our planet formed and also it gives us a greater appreciation of our planet when we're back we're going to find out what the geological story of Ula is artifact with joshua on Elorla FM podcast, the sound of Arabia. And we're back with Jan, the geologist for the Royal Commission for Elorla. So in layman's terms, what is the geological story of Elorla? I'm sure it's very, like, we're talking about hundreds of millions of years. And of course, we're not expecting like how it was in the Cambrian, how it was like the Jurassic. What is the geological history of Elorla? Like, if you were to give me a rundown. So about... 900 million years ago, Alula wasn't where it is today. It was much further east. And it was, the landscape wasn't as it is either. There was actually ocean crust. So Alula first formed bottom of an ocean. So quite a thin crust compared to crustal land. There's more sediments, conglomerates, marbles. So conglomerate sediments where you have big pebbles and small pebbles all mixed together. So maybe underwater avalanches. And then this was buried, and then there were big balloons of magma coming up, cooling, some erupting on the land about 800 million years ago. And this got buried, and then it was pushed up. The mountains about 600 million years ago, and that slowly went down. And then there were enormous rivers about 540 million years ago. And these rivers changed from rivers to deltas to rivers, eventually to shallow seas. But meanwhile, Elola is migrating from very, very far east, migrating slowly to where eventually comes, ends up today. Yes. And so still moving. We're still moving today. Yes. The earth is still moving. And so all of these sediments buried, very deep, 
Cluster with a tip of Brazilis, and then underground Lulamu westward for many miles, for many hundreds of millions of years, until about 40 million years ago, thrust up. And then we had a giant sandstone plateau covering the whole coast of Alula. And then 40 million years, wind and rain have attacked the rocks, creating the landscape we see today. So a big misconception is that standing in Alula millions of years ago, there were hundreds of feet of water above us. But actually, the landscape we see today is formed by wind. Oh, yes. So I was going to ask you that. So these large sandstone rocks, right? They're sandstone mountains, essentially. They're from that 450 million years ago? Are they older? They're newer? Yeah, about 500 million years ago. Okay, so we're looking at something from 500 million years ago. When I do see piles of broken up rock at their bases sometimes. So what I want to know, is that is that something that's daily happening here? Or is that happening every hundred years, every thousand years, every million years? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. These sheets of rock as if they're peeling off the... So those big piles of rocks you see at the bottom form from erosion. So the sandstones have lots of cracks in them, lots of fractures. They're quite weak. And very rarely, these will break down from erosion. So that's why this huge sandstone plateau that we had 40 million years ago it's not here anymore because it's slowly been breaking down over time and it'll continue to break down. So 20,000 years from now, if we sat exactly here, the landscape would look slightly different. Oh, so those actually, those 500 million year old mountains, they're eventually disappearing. Yeah. So erosion is constantly hitting the rocks, constantly breaking them down. So all when you're walking in the desert, you feel the sand between your toes. All that sand is from the rocks around you. So you're actually walking on sand that was formed in rivers 500 million years ago. I know, mind-boggling. Oh my, it is just mind-boggling. What about the current hypothesis? Is there a current hypothesis you're trying to prove or disprove here in Al-Ula about its geology? I guess one of them would have been like the idea that this whole place was underwater a few thousand years. Yeah, so people have heard somewhere that there were rivers or ancient seas. So they see the landscape and think it's quite easy to visualize. There's lots of water covering us 100 meters high. So that's one thing. And that's true things like this and my geology booklet and the new website that we'll have. Another one is fossils. I want to find a fossil. Okay. When we're back, we'll be hearing from Yan about how geology is inspiring people here in Anula. Artifact with Joshua on the Orla FM podcast, The Sound of Arabia. And we're back with Jan. So what are some questions that you think should be answered or, or you and your team should be pursuing in the future or in the near future? What are some star hypotheses you wish you could pursue? Fossils, definitely. Because all of the sandstone and we have the footprints preserved, there's got to be fossils. Um... And if we have fossils, then that's like a real tangible view of life that was here. And I think that's the important thing because I can look at the rocks and it's, I get excited about the rocks, but it's, I want to make them relevant for people to kind, kind of visualize that. So fossils would be wonderful. So I know that's known for its rock formations, obviously, and that's one of the reasons why I'm sure you are here. When it comes to some of the iconic Formations. For instance, when it comes to elephant rock, how did it get formed into looking like an elephant? 
So that's a good question as well. And simple answer, wind. Just wind. Just wind. So that's Elephant Rock was part of the plateau. Mm -hmm. So it was never on its own. It was connected to the rock, collected maybe with fractures. So fractures. How many years are we talking now? Uh, like probably about probably over ten million years. Ten million years. Ten million years. Wind is slowly chipping, blattering the rock, eroding, breaking it down to the shape we see. So it's pure randomness. So 10 million years ago, roughly, Elephant Rock was a part of a larger formation. Yeah. And then the wind kept on hitting this formation until it formed into a slowly a, um, an elephant yeah. looking... Yeah, <laughs> simply put. So one thing I'm doing is developing a computer CGI animation. Like a simulation. To show, yes, exactly to show the history of our planet from four and a half billion years ago when it formed all the way to today and how zooming in on the Lula, showing how Lula is formed. Later, we'll be finding out how the tombs in Al-Ula were actually made. Artifact with Joshua on Al-Ula FM podcast. The sound of Arabia. So we're here with Jan, who is the geologist for the Royal Commission for Al-Ula. What about the human kind of effect on these formations? So like, how did they know that they could build a tomb in the middle of a rock? They knew rocks. So you tell, okay, the Navatees, they understood so geology, a little bit of geology. The Hegra and Petra, they knew like sandstone. The sandstone they used as well is different from the sandstone at Tadan. Okay. So the sandstone at Tadan's harder. So that was buried underneath the sandstones at Hegra. So if you imagine you leave a cake in the other of the two long, the outside is a lot harder and crispier. The inside's still a bit soft. That's a bit similar. So to Dan, the sandstones are older, so they were buried deeper, so they're a little bit harder. Whereas the rocks at sandstones at Hegra, nice and soft. I say soft, but soft enough to chisel in and create beautiful tombs. And how long would you estimate it took people to to see the final form? So from the day it was a natural structure just existing in the middle of the desert until it becoming a tomb. How long do you think that transformation took? No idea. I have fit of it. You've seen them. Yes. They're stunning. And the They're detail, stunning. incredibly beautiful. If I was to do that, it's got to be 10 years. Is it something that would take a lifetime to do in your estimation or is it something that would take months to do, weeks to do, days Probably to do? Probably years, definitely. So are, the, are there, because of human activity, newer forces that are kind of affecting the geology in Al-Ula. So we were talking about water and agriculture. I'm sure that's a force. Is like climate change affecting the geology of Al-Ula? Very good question. I, unless we're drilling in terms of um, quarrying, for example, might. But I don't think rocks are quite solid things. We're quite um, small on the grand scale, scale of rocks. No, I don't think so. Okay, experts in your field, your colleagues. I mean, the average person has no idea. Do you know what I'm saying? We barely understand what geology is and what the implications of geology are. So to the lay person, to the average person, the average citizen, why do you think it's important for them to understand geology or have a general understanding of geology? Why is your work significant to people who are not scientists? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. I think understanding how the rocks formed, how the landscape came to be, gives a 
much better understanding of our planet as a whole. And our planet is so fragile. Ecosystems are fragile. Species are fragile. So if we understand our planet as a whole and how it works, then it can help us understand and protect our planet for the future. When we're back, we'll be hearing from Yan about how geology is inspiring people here in Alola. Artifact with Joshua on Alola FM podcast. The sound of Arabia. Yan, when it comes to people understanding or getting a grasp of geology, does it help people connect more with their natural surrounding? Does it add me? So what essentially what I'm asking is, if people are going to dedicate themselves to studying rocks like you have, what kind of wonder will they get from merely reading about them? I've been on walks and trails and treks with groups of people, and we've seen stunning views that are beautiful landscapes from up high, and talking to them about how it formed gives more wonder to our planet as a whole, I think. I don't think you need to be an expert, but to understand how something formed adds little extra to our experts. Amazing. That is amazing. Thank you so much, Jan, for your time. You're very welcome. Thank and you. I'm very excited to see how our podcast comes out. You too. Thank you, Jan Friedman, geologist for the Royal Commission for Lola. Thanks for listening to Artifact. Thanks. Subscribe for more great content right here on Lola FM Podcast. The Sound of Arabia.